Firstly, several years ago, a community that I wasn't familiar with approached me to give a shear. So I talked to them over the phone, and he asked me, what do you want to talk about? So I threw out one or two suggestions. I said, uh, I've always found that people like to hear about childbirth on Shabbos. So I come from Bergenfield, that's a pretty hot topic. So, childbirth on Shabbos. So the person I was speaking to said, I don't know, I just don't think it's going to go over well in the community. I said, okay, fine, we'll move on to another topic. I said, what about an issue such as uh, how to educate our children, and transmitting the Torah to the next generation? So the person said to me, nah, I don't think it's going to go over well either. So then I said, you know, well, what would you like to hear about? So he said to me, Rabbi, the average age here is about 85. I said, you've got to talk to something that's going to be relevant for us. So I said, no problem. I said, we'll just change the topic. I said, we won't speak about chinuch for our children. We'll speak about chinuch for our grandchildren. And they loved it. They ate it up. And when they spoke for an hour and a half about chinuch, habnei banim, and it went over well. So I'm going to say exactly what I said then. I'm just going to look me around the crowd. Grandchildren, children, everyone all together. It's the same chinuch. One generation, two generations. I really want to speak about one pasuk, and not even an entire pasuk. I want to speak about one phrase that appears in the Chumash, in Pashas Vaschanon. The Torah tells us that we are required to transmit, to hand over the Mesorah, literally to our children, to our grandchildren. We're going to, when we speak about children, we will not only limit ourselves to biological children, but we'll speak about spiritual children as well. uses the terms interchangeably. And we're going to present now in effect what exactly does the Torah mean? What exactly is included in this seemingly all-encompassing phrase, what exactly are we supposed to transmit to our children? What are we supposed to transmit to our grandchildren? What are we supposed to transmit to our Talmudim? And I think that the answer to this question can only be understood in light of the context of what the Torah is talking about in the first place. But what is that v'hodatom? You should be modia in those words, these things. What exactly is this? What precise is the Chumash referring to that has to be transmitted? The answer is, we'll just go back to the beginning of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, you have to be very careful not to forget. You, lest you forget the following, you haven't yet defined what the following are, for the previous things. You have to be careful not to forget. And once you haven't forgotten yourself, once you know, once you remember what you're supposed to remember, then make sure to hand it over to the next generation. So we just push the question back a little bit. What are we not supposed to forget? What exactly is the Chumash referring to? What does the Torah mean when it says we have to make sure not to forget? And once we figure out what we're not allowed to forget, then we understand what has to be given over to the next generation. What are we not permitted to forget? So I think that there are three different approaches in the Rishonim, how to understand what exactly the Torah is telling us? What is included in this general prohibition of And once we've ascertained what those three opinions are, we may be able to plug it into the continuation of the Pasuk. What are we therefore supposed to transmit to the next generation, to children, grandchildren, to Talmudim? So this phrase that appears at the beginning of this Pasuk in Pashas Vashanon, Some of you may remember that Chazal already have a comment on this Pasuk. There's a Mishnah in Turkey of us. The Mishnah says that a person forgets something that he learns. Over the laws, if a person forgets anything that he learns, so he is in violation of this. 
The Gemara then, the Mishnah then goes on to qualify this a little bit. A person shouldn't walk away with such a tremendous Halisha's Adas. person's going to feel, I forgot everything. Why bother learning in the first place? If I don't learn, then I'm home free. Nothing gained, nothing lost. But if I learn and I forget, if I learn the Mishnah, so the Mishnah says, no, don't feel so bad, that this Mishnah only applies to Yoshev, Mishnah, and Belivo. If a person uh, actively forgets, that means he really doesn't take the Torah, Torah knowledge seriously enough, that's the Yisr of of the person forgets because he's so busy learning because he doesn't remember every single line that learned Dafyomi six and a half years ago because he's been busy learning Dafyomi every single day. Okay, it's talk for love Mishnah, so what do you want? The Torah doesn't require a person. The Torah like, we'd like a person to remember everything, but it's understood. understand that talk for love Mishnah, so, so that's not this answer. But I call part of the normal circumstance, the person is supposed to try to remember, but everyone can remember one is obligated to try to remember. That which a person learned. Why is that so important? What is so critical? Why is it that a shochech of Rechem and Mishnaso is overblast? What exactly is the nature of this history of shochech of Rechem and Mishnaso? What is so terrible about forgetting? So Rabbi Yonah in his comments on Perkeavos suggests that the reason why shochech of Rechem and Mishnaso is so terrible is because the Mishnah tells us in Perkeavos that when a person forgets what one learns, so she gets Talmud Olazado. If a person forgets, so that is inevitably going to affect his ability to perform mitzvahs properly. You can imagine, a person went to Hilchah Shabbos here a couple of years ago, and he was really holding Hilchah Shabbos a couple of years ago. He had everything down pat. Now, a couple of years later, he doesn't exactly remember. He said he remembers the Rebbe said something about uh, cooking on Shabbos, and something about the fire on Shabbos, something about a vlech. The Rebbe must have said that you're allowed to take a raw egg and put it onto the fire on Shabbos. That must be what he said. Small technical mistake. So what uh, he thought was mutter, so that could happen. It could happen in the most blatant way. It could happen in much more subtle ways also. The person who is not careful to be chosen, as Hamudel says, Rebbein Yona, person who is not careful to review and to constantly make sure that his learning is up to par, that he hasn't forgotten those critical lessons that he's learned along the way, will inevitably have a slack off in terms of his etam shemir samitzvah. So according to Rebbein Yona, the take of this Mishnah, the emphasis of this Mishnah, is not really a halach of Tamatora. According to Rabbi Yona, the thrust of this prohibition is a prohibition to make sure that we observe mitzvahs properly. It's emphasizing that aspect of Talmud Torah, which is Shemiras and mitzvahs oriented. That's what the Torah says you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to forget. Because forgetting will translate inevitably to mean a lack of proper fulfillment of mitzvahs. Notwithstanding Rabbi Yona's understanding of this Mishnah, the Rambam of Talmud Torah takes an entirely different approach to this Easter of Shochech Dabrach Mishnah. What does the Torah want us to make sure that we don't do? What is wrong with forgetting Torah? So the Rambam presents this halacha, this Mishnah, in a totally different light. The Rambam is talking about what is the mitzvah Talmud Torah? How much does a person have to learn? How often does a person have to learn? What are the guidelines? What are the parameters of how much a person has to put into in order to perform Talmud Torah properly? So the Rambam goes through the list and the Rambam tells you that everybody has to learn under all circumstances you have to learn. Even the chola has to learn the person who's ill and even the ani, the person who is poor. Every single person the Rambam says there's no p'tur. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah is called Yomov, called Chayav. I always find this Rambam, it gives me a tremendous chizak when I read this Rambam, because the Rambam lists off all the people who have to learn. The Rambam says, I feel the chola, the person who's ill, and the person who's the bal yisura, and the person who's suffering, and the person who's an ani, and everything. And then the Rambam says, 
Ola al Gabeim, Hakal Mikokov, the last one, the one who you really would have thought is Potter, the Rav says, even the Bali Shobanim, even if you're married and you have kids, even you have to learn. So I always they feel good sometimes. But Hashem, for good ways, you get busy and you get a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, that uh, take away from a person's time. But Hashem, and wonderful, healthy things in terms of family responsibilities. So uh, the Rambam also, you could see like a little crest in the Rambam when he read, when he wrote that line. That I feel about Lishobanim. It's also, it's also understood that it takes away from a person's well, commentary sometimes. But I thought following the Rambam in defining the mitzvah commentary, the Rambam says the person has to learn all the time, all the time, all the time. Until the day, literally the day of his death, the last day of his life, he's still obligated to learn. And the Rambam would have stopped at that point, he would have said, right, we're masked 100%, you have to learn, no sort, even Adil Moso. And the Rambam says, and how do you know that you have to learn Adil Moso? It says the Rambam, because after all it says in the Chumash, in Pashat Raskanon, where you're not allowed to forget what you learn, and if a person would ever take the attitude that he's going to stop learning, even at the very end, he will inevitably forget. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu made us, that whatever you don't review, so you would tend to forget. So if a person's going to take the attitude, listen, I've been learning for 119 and a half years, and will take the last couple of months off, so the Ram says, no, you're not allowed to do that. What's so terrible about doing that? Because of the Rambam, those last couple of days, those last couple of hours that you don't learn, you will inevitably forget, and that will be a violation of what is the meaning of this Rambam? It seems to be a very, very different formulation of Pentishka Chazadvarim that Rabbi Yonah is saying. So Rabbi Shafayim suggests in a tshuva that the Rambam had an entirely different take of this issue, of this prohibition of Shichas HaTorah. Says Rabbi Moshe that the Rambam understood, unlike Rabbi Yonah, the Rambam understood that the nature of this issue of Shichas HaTorah is a din in the mitzvah Talmud Torah. The halacha of Talmud Torah requires of a person not to forget anything. Why is that, says Rabbi Moshe? Because the halacha of Talmud Torah requires of a person to learn Kalatar Kula. A person has to learn everything, whatever they can. Engel Dov a person has to always try to learn as much as they can, as much as they can. Ad Kalatar Kula, Ad Ad Bechlal. There is no Enkate so a person is required to learn Kalatar Kula. Says Rabbi Moshe, if a person forgets something that he learned, that's the halachic equivalent of never having learned it in the first place. If you never learned it in the first place, then you didn't fulfill your mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So the Ramam understood that this issue of Shichas Torah is not because it affects your Shemir Sanitzvah. That may or may not be true, but that's not the point of the Yisr. According to the Rambam, the Yisr of Shichas HaTorah is a bitle in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah requires you to know Kolotar Kula. When you're Shocheach, Dabarachah, and Mishnoso, Memela, you're not fulfilling that properly. Memela, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, Bishle Musa, the way it's supposed to. So, Lechora, we have a fundamental machlokis here between Rabbi Yonah and the Rambam. What is the thrust of this prohibition? What exactly is the Torah telling us that we have to be careful about? According to Rabbi Yonah, this Isser is Shmir Mitzvah oriented. Don't forget your learning in order to make sure that, that you perform mitzvahs properly. According to the Rambam, this is nothing to do with Shmir Mitzvah. According to the Rambam, this Isser of, of, uh, of Penyasum Vodcha will apply to a Mishnah that you learned in Uptin. According to Rabbi Yonah, if you're not keeping the Dimmer of Uptin, so you want to forget Uptin, forget Uptin. But according to the Rambam, no, if you forget the Mishnah in Uptin, it turns out that you didn't fulfill that part of Tamatara, you didn't perform that part of Tamatara. It turns out you never really finished the Mitzvah properly. So you better get the lad Mevias and Shani. You better finish it up. You better make sure literally as your Moshe. So those seem to be two totally different approaches to this prohibition, this Isser, which is the background to what we're speaking about. We haven't even begun today yet. This is just the introduction to how to understand the end of the pasuk. We cannot understand the end of the pasuk unless we understand the beginning of the pasuk. But there seems to be an entirely different approach taken by the Ramban. 
the Ramban understands this Tosuk from Tishkach in a way that is uh, fundamentally different both from Rav Yonah and from the Rambam, and in a certain sense seems to be really uh, radically different than the Mishnah and Trepayavos also. The Rambam seems to understand that this Isser of Penyasurim Uvavcha, this Isser of Pentishnach Zadvarim, is not really going on the details of the Dine HaTorah, like Rabbi Yonah's understanding, or like the Rambam's understanding, although there were differences between the two, but they both agree to the fundamental premise that the Isser is going on the details of the Halacha, the details of the Torah, the Ramban is an entirely different picture. The Ramban says, just open a Pashas Vaschanon and read the Psukim and see what is the context of those Psukim. So those Psukim are Moshe Rabbeinu is telling over the events of Maimon Sinai, talking about the Kondos and the Vrokim and, and the Eish, Echelos, Broshahar, and the whole, the, all the summary of what took place at Maimon Sinai. And then the Torah comes and tells us, don't forget what you saw at Har Sinai. So says the Ramban, what the Torah is telling us is don't forget the Kolos Abrakim and don't forget the Maimon Hasina and don't forget the Kolos Shofar. That's what you're not supposed to forget. The Mishnah didn't understand it that way. The Mishnah says you can't forget what it says in Shachanach. You can't forget the line in the Gemara. You can't forget the Torah. You can't forget the Reb Chaim. That's the way the Mishnah understands it. And the Ramban says, maybe on a, a Pshutashim Mikra, the Ramban says, in addition to the understanding of the Mishnah, the Ramban says the Pshutashim Mikra seems to be, you can't forget Maimon Harsinai. Not so much you can't forget the Dini HaTorah. It's also true, but the, this particular postic, the Pshutashim Mikra, is referring to the Shichas Maimon Harsinai rather than the Shichas Dini HaTorah. So we seem to have really three totally different approaches in the Rishonim, how to read the beginning of these series of Psukim and Vaskanon. What is the Torah telling us we have to keep alive and fresh in our minds and our hearts? What do we have to be careful to guard against forgetting? According to Rabbi Yonah, we have to be careful not to forget the Dine Torah because by doing so that will take away, that will detract from Hashemir Samitzvah. So according to Rabbi Yonah, Hashemir Samitzvah is oriented. According to the Rambam, we have to be careful not to forget everything that we learned because by doing so we'll detract from our mitzvah's commentary properly. And according to the Ramban, we have to be careful not to forget the Maimon Harsinai, because forgetting Maimon Harsinai will also have some very, very negative consequences. If you have to roll, the Psukim tell us, uh, specifically in Pashas Yisrael, and in Pashas Chadon also, that the whole purpose of Maimon Harsinai was to create that aura of Yerushimayim, that we should see what Kadesh Baruch Hu can be, we should see the, the Mar HaShchina, so if we're going to forget it, we may remember every single line of Shulchan Aruch. We may, we may be yelled to the mitzvah of Tamil Torah, Musa. We may get every single mitzvah perfectly well. We get every last of cotton down properly, but we don't remember your Shemayim. We don't forget, we don't remember the Mahashkina. We don't remember the Rebbeinah Shalom. But, but the Koshofa Chazal, well, we forgot that. That's a very big problem, says the Rambam. That's, that's what the Torah is coming to the Mazarah. That's what the Torah is warning us against. That forgetting about the for them, forget about the issue of the Dini Torah, just uh, the background of the Torah, the Kabbalah Torah, the Mar Hashchina. That's what we're not supposed to forget. So now that we have these three understandings, three different approaches to the first half of the pasuk, now let's plug all these opinions into the continuation of the pasuk. The Torah then tells us once we worked in ourselves, once we perfected ourselves, and we have in effect not violated. What do we do with that information? So now we have perfected. We haven't forgotten. We have it right at the top of uh, top of our head, tip of our, uh, tip of our tongues. We're ready to go. And what are you supposed to do with those things that you haven't forgot? So now the Torah gives us another mitzvah. Make sure to take that what you have perfected, that which you have not forgotten, that which is fresh in your memory, and hand it over, transmit it, 
to your banim, literally to your biological children, to your b'nei banim, your biological grandchildren, to transmit it to your tamidim, to your students, that's what you're supposed to do. So now, let's plug in each one of those we've shown him. What does that mean exactly? What are we supposed to be transmitting? So according to Rabbi Yona, what the Torah is really telling us is that we have to transmit to our children, to our students, Shemira Samitzvah, means we have to transmit to them the Pratik Pratim and the Halacha, the Dekukim and the Halacha, how to observe the Mitzvah Torah properly, and what to be careful that our, our Shemira Samitzvah should be done properly. We shouldn't fall into that rut of Shigas Talmud Olazadon. So when we transmit to our children, we have to be so careful that we're transmitting to them the authentic practice of the Mitzvah that we're transmitting to them exactly how do you keep Shabbos in the right way? How do you keep Rochus in the right way? How do you keep Kashtar in the right way? That's what we're supposed to be transmitting. That's what the Pesach means according to Rabbi because that's what we're not allowed to forget. We're not allowed to forget and make mistakes in the Shemir Mitzvah. So, transmit the authentic practice of Mitzvahs properly. According to the Rambam, what is the thrust of this Pesach? According to the Rambam, means something very, very different. Since the first half of the Pesach was different, the second half of the Pesach is also different. According to the Rambam, what the Torah is really telling us is that this mitzvah of Tamu Torah, which the Rambam has defined for us, means Yediyas Kola Terakula. As Rebbeisha said, anything you forget of Tamu Torah is a pagam, is a wholesale, and your fulfillment of the mitzvah properly. Now the Torah is giving us an unbelievable task. Once you've perfected yourself, now you got the whole thing down pat. You know Kola Terakula. You remember everything you ever learned. So guess what? That even that's not enough. Now take Kola Terakula that you learned. Your chiv of teaching Torah to your children, to your Tamitim, is the same type of a chiv that you had in yourself. Just as you are mechuyiv to learn Torah Terakula, you are mechuyiv to transmit Torah Terakula. So you have to now transmit the entire Torah, not only the Torah as a vehicle for Shemir Samitzvah. That may also be true, but according to the Ramam, this is really nothing to do with Shemir Samitzvah. This is Torah, it's the Mitzvah's Talmud Torah. The Mitzvah's Talmud Torah has to be transmitted to the next generation in all the shapes and forms. Bishle Musa, Kola Terakula, Yediya Kola Terakula. Now, it probably wouldn't be uh, as effective for you, a person, to take the attitude, well, let me just get Kola Terakula first, and as soon as I get Kola Terakula, then I'll stop transmitting it. It's probably not going to work that well. I mean, so it's probably, uh, you have to do a little bit of both at the same time. As you're, as you're going up the ladder in terms of perfecting your Yudhiya's Kala Terakula, so it's probably Kedai to have other people start to catch up with you as well. But the ultimate goal is really a twofold goal. The ultimate goal is Yudhiya's Kala Terakula for yourself, and then the Hodah's Kala Terakula, the transmission of Kala Terakula out of the realm of Shemir Samitzvah. It's nothing to do with Shemir Samitzvah, just as the Mitzvah's Tama Terakula to hand over to the next generation. But I think according to the Ramban, just as the beginning of the Pasuk was very different, so to the end of the Pasuk is very different according to the Ramban as well. According to the Ramban, what are we supposed to transmit to our children? Comes the Torah and tells us, in addition to Vishinantam Levanecha, and in addition to Lumadatam Osamas Benechem, that's all nice, says the Ramban, that's the mitzvah of teaching the Hamachat to your children. And that's the mitzvah of sitting and learning a Dafkamar with your children. And that's the mitzvah of transmitting all the Torah knowledge to your children. There's a new mitzvah taking place here. There's a new chiyah that the Torah is drawing our attention to, namely, it is not enough anymore just to teach our children Torah, and it's not enough just to make sure that they know Torah and it is not enough to make sure they know how to practice the authentic 
performance of the mitzvah, that's all true, but that's not his mitzvah. That has nothing to do with Rodazim Venechel Venechel. Rodazim Venechel Venechel means you have to be Moser to your children, the Harsina experience. You have to be Moser to your children, the Kola Subrochim. You have to be Moser to your children, the Kola Shofar. Now, that's quite a job. That may be even more difficult than to teach them the Daf Gemara, than to teach them the Mishnah Bura, because you have to first internalize it yourself. If you don't internalize the Kola Subrochim, if you don't have the Hashirah Sashchim in front of your eyes, how in the world do you possibly can it transmit it to your children? If you want to, our children are very smart. They're smarter than we, we sometimes like to think that they are. And they'll catch you. They'll realize if you don't if you don't honestly believe it, if you don't if you don't live with a Kol Shafer in front of your young Balaila, so they're never gonna buy into this. So that's what the Ramban says, that's the mitzvah of Rodakovanecha. Not just the Rambams, and not just the Rabbinionas, but the mitzvah, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a mitzvah, it's a it's the Yisoda mitzvah, it's the Amur of all the other mitzvahs, that the transmission of the Yerushalayim, the transmission of the Harsinai experience, that is the mitzvah of Odatul Venechel Zevanecha. Where in the world did the person get this from? He got it from his parents, who got it from their parents, who got it from their parents, who stood at Harsinai. That's exactly what the Mesorah is all about. But the same way there's a Mesorah on Shmiras and Mitzvahs in terms of the performance of the Diktuke Havokas, there's a Mesorah on Talmud Torah, and there's a Mesorah on Kol Shaifa, there's a Mesorah on Kodos of Rabbim, there's a Mesorah on the Herdish, on the emotions, there's a, there's a Mesorah on that feeling of Yerushamayim that goes from generation to generation, which ultimately all emanates from Mamet Harsinai. So these three aspects of Mesorah, these three aspects of what we're supposed to transmit to the next generation, which all revolve around this phrase of So the truth is, this could have been said at any time of the year. This would be true. The mitzvah is not linked to any specific season of the year. But this message, this triple message of Mesorah, I think becomes even more important at this particular time of the year. Not as much for them. Things, you can tie anything to anything you want. But this was, uh, if it would have been a week later, so this would have fit in even nicer in terms of Pesach. But sorry, I'm busy next week also, so I couldn't make it. <laughs> this is really a show that you have to think about which Yontif is the Yontif of Mesorah. So clearly the Yontif of Pesach. The Yontif of Pesach, the entire Mitzvah Salaila revolves around the Gadot Aladimcha, so that which we do on Pesach night is the ultimate mysterious HaMesorah. It's the ultimate transmission from generation to generation. So let's look and take a, take a look at the model of Leil HaSeder as the fulfillment, really, of all these different dimensions in terms of what we're supposed to be transmitting. So the Leil HaSeder is the prototype of what the Messiah is supposed to be, and from the Leil HaSeder we can derive how we're supposed to go ahead and do it during the rest of the year as well. <coughs> So even within this mitzvah of Yigarat al-Yimchah, this mitzvah in the Torah, telling over the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, so we already find, even in the world of Halacha, that there are different dimensions of this. That the mitzvah of Yigarat al-Yimchah takes on two very, very different dimensions. There are two different things that have to be transmitted, and they all merge together to become one until the Lelaseh. So the first, that's the Pshut HaShemikra, Vigarat HaLevincha, Ba'avur, Zeh HaSosham, Libetzeisim, Mitzrayim, refers to the historical background, refers to the Yasevatos, refers to the Shailas, Kriyas Yamsuf included, not included, Yitmaisa, Vigitzeis, Mitzrayim. Those events, the historical story of Yitzeis, Mitzrayim, so clearly that's one of the Kavanas HaTorah in terms of Sipri, Yitzeis, Mitzrayim. But yet if you look at Chazal, you'll notice that there are other aspects of Sipriyat Yitzhak Mitzrayim as well, which don't necessarily have to do with the historical statement, 
And that's a Maimur Chazal, that we have one half of the Maimur Chazal, but there's another half of the Maimur Chazal, that's a Sefta. So we're all familiar with the Maimur of Rebbe Yez, of Rebbe Shua, all the Tanoim, who were sitting in Dene Brach, and they were Mustafa, because they trying to call also Lila. So if you had a guess, what were they talking about? that entire night, so you would guess, well, they were Mustafa and B'tzias Mitzrayim, so it sounds like they were discussing the different Memorial Chazal, the Midrashim, the, they were dashing the Pesukim about the Godless and B'tzias Mitzrayim, they were going through all the alumnus of the Dams, Radeh, Akinim, everything that revolved around B'tzias Mitzrayim proper, that's the simple reading of this Memorial Chazal, Hayim Mustafa B'tzias Mitzrayim, Kolosal Yet we find another Maimur Chazal that appears in the text. After Maimur Chazal, and Gamliel was a Kainim, show Yoshim the Oskim Yosef of Pesach for Halayla. That they were involved in the study of the Halachas of Pesach, of Korban Pesach, of Mat, tomorrow, the Mitzvah Halayla. They were involved in the Mitzvah Halayla that night. And the question becomes, what does that mean? The Mitzvah Tamatari, it could be up any time. If I learn Hilchus Korban Pesach right now, that's also Mitzvah Tamatari. So, if all they wanted to do was to learn Torah on Pesach night, they could have learned anything. They could have learned Shemokhim also. Why did they learn Haya Oskim Hilchus Pesach? So, it's clear that this learning, this delving into the Hilchus Pesach, is a part and parcel of, we got it to the Bin Chabiyah more. That when the Torah says, draw their attention to say, Ba'avur Zeh, Sashem, Libritse, Simimitrahim. So, the Torah says, what does the Ba'avur Zeh refer to? To the Mitzvah Halayla. To the Pesach Matzah Moror. So Chazal understood that there are two components to Sipit Yitz Mitzrayim. There's the Sipit of the Nisim and the Flows, and then there's the Sipit of the Halachos. There's the learning of the Halachos. The Ramangam Leel of the Kainim, who were also in the Pesach, were also fulfilling the Mitzvah of Yigalat Aladincha. So Rabbi Yezir and Rabbi Shua were focusing on one aspect of Yitz Mitzrayim. Ramangam Leel of the Kainim were emphasizing the other aspect. In fact, in Shulchan Aruch, both are combined. Shulchan Aruch tells us that you're supposed to be Osegenuchos of Pesach and Lelos Eidu, and you're supposed to be Misab, the Sears Mitzrayim. That's all considered to be one big mitzvah, the mitzvah of Sears Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is twofold. It involves the, the dinner, it involves the study of the Hilchos of Pesach, and it involves the Sipur, Yitzhak Mitzrayim as well. We don't have to go so far, we just go to the Abba themselves. You see in the Hazor explicitly that this is true, because the, the Hazor presents for us the four different ways to perform the mitzvah of Sipir Tis Mitzrayim. That's the purpose of the passage of the Abba And we find within the Abba we find that the Chacham, what do you tell the Chacham? You don't really talk to him about the Dams Vadeh Tinim too much. The Chacham, so you sit down, you pull out a Gemara Pesachim, and you learn the Avta Emelot Yuchosah Pesach, Emelot Tirach Pesachat, you go and you learn the second Pesachim from beginning to end. But for the Chacham, that's the mitzvah of Sipur Tis Mitzrayim. For other people, for the town, so he's back in the Chas, every Rav Chaim in Ochus Kavim Pesach. So for the town, he has a different angle of the mitzvah. His emphasis is on Mazos, the Chazik Yad. You tell him the great stories, you pull out the Medrash says, and you get him really riled up, and you show the frogs, they're jumping all over the place. That's, a, that's his Sipur Tis Mitzrayim, which is wonderful. And the answer is that we're all Mechuyiv and a little bit of both. That everybody on Lel Pesach and different people have different materials and different people have different abilities, but we all have to be involved to some degree in the Sipra of the Nisim and the Flows. That's the text of the, most of the text of that God. And we all have to be involved a little bit in the Dinim and the Halachas of the Kerben Pesach and the, the Pesach Matzah Moro. And this is all part of the Datum of Anecha That the Torah is telling us on Pesach night that we have to transmit a multiple messages to our children. We have to keep the Messorah alive and Pesach night as the example of the model for the entire year on many, many different levels. We have to teach our children the halachas. You have to sit down with the child on Pesach night and see now it's a little bit different because now every kid by the time he's three years old he already got the whole story down pat. He already knows everything. But 
in theory, but the mitzvah of Vigato Dimcha is you teach the child to the age of three years old, you explain to him, this is matzah, this is chametz, this is the carpenter, this is mara. You teach him how to perform the mitzvahs properly. He gets a little bit older, you teach him a little bit more how to perform the mitzvahs properly, and you teach him the hilchas avetzah. You teach him a little bit of how to perform the mitzvahs slowly but surely, how to perform the mitzvahs properly, the authentic performance of the mitzvahs. That's part of the mitzvah of Vigato Dimcha on Pesach night. And then when he gets a little bit older, when he's a Chocham, so then, well, then you give him the whole Shia. Then, Kilchus HaPesach, you teach him everything from A to Z. All of the Masechus Pesachim, Kolater, Kula, whatever's relevant in terms of the Hilchus HaPesach, even if it's not Lamaisa, Lamaisa, you teach the Chocham, Hilchus HaPesach, even if it's not, you live his life, Shein Bishim Mikdashkayim, you still teach him Hilchus HaPesach, because that's the Masechus, the Masechus, the Gadot, the Masechus, to teach him everything, to teach the child of Pesach night, Kolater, Kula, of Pesach. But even that's not enough. It's not enough on Pesach night just to sit down to the Seder and just to open up a Mishnah Bura. And it's not enough on Pesach night just to open up Masechus Pesachim. That would be one aspect. That would be Rabbein Yonah's Chinuch. That would be the Rambam's Chinuch. But that's not the Ramban's Chinuch. The Ramban's Chinuch is you have to instill in the child the Mora Godol. You have to instill in the child the Yerushimayim. I say Yod HaGadola. The child should, should see. The child should tremble with a good trembling, with a healthy, positive trembling. With a Chentim Pachtacha. You should see the Yad Hashem. How do you do that? That's through the sequel, the Nisa Benir Flows. That's the other half. That's the Rabbi Leezer, Rabbi Yeshua. So Rabbi Leezer, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Gulil, and all the different aspects of sequence here since time that they were doing, they, these are not uh, contradictory aspects. This is all one big picture. This is all different dimensions of the same mitzvah of Haldatim, Vanech, Vanech, that is all year long, and specifically its highlighted form on the Lila Seder. You have to transmit the halachas, the shmiris, the mitzvahs of Rabbi Yonah, the diktukim and halacha, how to perform mitzvahs properly, what's matzah, what's moral, what's current pace, what's comet, how to do the mitzvahs halayla properly, that's one dimension. Then you have to give the, the chacham, the whole background, everything, all the tayrus and all the lumdus and all the fulim, and whatever makes up kolotarakula has to be transmitted to the chacham also. And in addition, you have to transmit to everybody, the tam and the chacham. The chacham also needs a dosage, sometimes a very big dosage. He also needs a yerushimayim of the ba'avur, he also needs that. You have to transmit that to him also. That's the Rambans. So all three of these aspects of Chinuch are true all year long and they become even, even more true, so to speak, on Pesach night. I've said this, this sheer in uh, different uh, drushas and different shapes of forms and uh, in different, different uh, places over the years. So every once in a while when I say it, so it touches a little bit of a personal uh, note as well. And I think that uh, I could just tell from my own personal uh, point of view, but I think each person has to put in their own, whatever it means for them in terms of personally. I said part of this over when uh, last year when my uh, youngest daughter was born, so it was right after uh, the Kiddush was, I think it was the Parshish of Yeshua, but the next Parshish, yeah, it, it was one of the Parshish at the end of uh, the Yosef story. So I had... Uh, it was said over that a couple of months before had been uh, Yom Kippur, obviously. So by Ne'ilah, I had said over to my shul that my last words right before Ne'ilah were that just as Chazal say that the Musti Yuknoshal Ovev Niralov, that Yosef Asadik at his moments of truth, he was able to conjure up that image of his mind. He saw the image of his father, and that was the image that ultimately saved the day. It was that picture of Yaakov Avinu, the Hilaga Surah of Yaakov Avinu, he saw that, and somehow that convinced him not to go off the derech. Said that each person has to 
be able to conjure up in life that the most yutmashal of it. Now, different people, the most yutmashal of it means something different. Some people, the most yutmashal of it is, is taka pshutta is sometimes very often a father, very often it's a mother, very often it's a grandparent, very often it's a rebbe, very often it can be a lot of different most yutmashal of it. And I said that, because that's the avoda that a person should think now, before the Eva, Think of, think of what image in your mind is ultimately what's, what's going to protect you during the course of the year. Who do you view as your role model? Who are you going to look to? Who do you, who do you want that most yutmashal should be? Of course, the ultimate yutmashal should be the joke of a Kaddish Baruch I mean, that's the ultimate Yerushalayim. And the person is able to conjure up the, the image of a Kaddish Baruch at any time during the course of the year and say, uh, oh, I can't be chayte. I can't go off the derech because that's what this you can. But each person has somebody, somewhere in their background, the history and their emotional makeup, there's somebody, there's something, there's some injury that's able to give them chizah, that's able to give them the koach to withstand the temptations that are going to take place over the course of the year. So that was, was the kids and immigrants, what I said uh, before in the Elam. And then three, four months later, when we celebrated the birth of my daughter, so I said, okay, now I'm going to share the secret with you. I said, I'm going to share the secret of who my Dimustiukan is. So if anyone who remembered my drosh and Ila, I remember everyone who remembered, so uh, I'm going to tell you now what image I have. So people have read it, so the rabbi's going to spill the beans, he's going to say, who's this Musa? Which Rashiva is going to be? Which Gobble is going to be? Which Rebbe is going to be? Yeah. So I said, I'll tell you who this Mustiukin of that I image that I conjure up very, very often in my life. That's why I said it when my daughter was born. My daughter is named Blima after my grandmother, my father's mother, Allah Shalom. Her name was Blima. So I said, my grandmother, Allah Shalom, she was a woman who came from Europe. And I said, and very often she, she lived right near us, so we spent a lot of time together when I was a young boy. And every Yontif she spent with us. And one of my favorite things about Yontif is that she would tell us a little bit about what Yontif was like. And again, it wasn't a planned conversation, but every once in a while she always dropped something about what Yontif was like in Europe. Growing up as a little girl in a little town in Galicia, so she would describe to me about, you know, when I was three years old, my father would take me to go big masses before Pesach. And I remember when I was five years old, my mother would take me to shul, uh, to go hear the chauffeur, and I'm not Shoshana. And that imagery that she would always tell me over, so in my mind, when I was a little boy, that I never met my grandmother's parents, I never met, I, my, my other children are named after them, I never met them, they never came from Europe. But somehow, when I was a little boy, that was the most Yukin. That was the imagery of Yerushalayim. That was the imagery of Tamimus, of Amunab, I don't want to take it to the next topic, of Amunab, the Tzalchan, of Yerushalayim from, from, from previous generations, and the soul of Deire, Deire, uh, going back to my Sinai. That was my most Yukin. And I said that there were so many times in my life where somehow I saw that, uh, that most Yukin. I, I felt that affinity for those generations that came before me who I never met. I said, but somehow that was what kept me. That gave me a chizuk. And Adiyam is there. Gives me a chizuk. Now how much more so that oh, some of my children are named after some of those individuals. Some of them who I didn't meet and some of them I never met. So I said, that Masora was something that gives me and continues to give me tremendous chizuk. So why am I saying it now? Because I think that this third aspect of the Masora, is something that we should never ever underestimate. That we don't know what image our children are going to walk away with. We don't know what image our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren are going to walk away with. That in terms of the teaching of the Halach of Sukkah, in terms of Rabbeinu Yonas, Nesora, it's a hard job. It's a full-time job. It's a lifelong job. But, you know, it's quantifiable. We understand. If you learn Mr. Brewer with the child, there's a good chance he may remember some of the Mr. Brewer. You teach the child how to make brachas, he may remember how to make the brachas properly. Even the Rambam, 
Nisau or the Rambam's transmission. So again, it's very hard, and it's a whole lifetime. It's a wonderful, it's a vote of an entire life of transmitting Kolotarakula. Quite a, quite a goal to be able to transmit Kolotarakula. But Lestiania's deity, the hardest of all the Mesorahs, is the third of the Mesorah. The Mesorah to be able to transmit to a child, to be able to cross oceans of thousands of miles, to be able to tell a little child growing up in Riverdale what it was like to bake matzahs, what the Hiroshima baking matzahs in a little town in Galicia, Poland was. That's the third type of uh, Mesorah. That's a very, very powerful Mesorah. That when I stand by the by the Aron Kodesh, by uh, by Masanatoka, the image that I have is my grandmother standing by Masanatoka because she told me what it was like to stand by the, to watch her father stand by by the Aron Kodesh Masanatoka in Europe 150 years ago. That's a very, very powerful image. And that's the power, that's the image of that's the imagery of the of Yerushimayim that we have the ability to transmit to our children. Not only do we have the ability, we have an achrayas, we have an obligation, we have a responsibility to transmit this message to our children, to our grandchildren, the imagery that we have developed, the, the, those themes, those misyukim that we've seen in our lifetime, and the stories of the people we've heard about, and to put that part of them as and to transmit it to Yerushimayim, to the next generation. This is Lafini Yazdaiki, the most powerful of the Mesorahs. So, sounds like a straightforward mitzvah. Sounds like easy. Just tell it over to your children. You have to tell it over in so many different ways. You have to tell over the halachas pesukas. That you have to make sure that you are transmitting the Mesorah properly. You're transmitting it authentically. And in order to do that, you have to know what it is first. If you don't know the Ilkha Shabbos, how in the world are you going to transmit it properly to your children? If you don't know the Ilkha's Brachas, how are you going to transmit it to your children? So that's the, the Reniona's requirement requires each and every one of us to become more careful in our Shemiris and Mitzvahs, more bedastic in the Dikduki Halachas, to transmit that Diktuk to our children as them. The Rambam's transmission of knowing Kolotarikula, mastering Kolotarikula, each person to their, to their ability, and then transmitting to our children to Tamit and that love and that desire to become masters of as much as Kolotarikulas were able to humanly possible. And then the third aspect of mastering within ourselves, building within ourselves that inspiration, that emotional inspiration, that excitement, that Kolshoi for that Yerushimayim, the Merashchina, mastering it, perfecting it in ourselves, and then being able to go to the next generation, be able to hand it over. And hopefully through the fulfillment of these three aspects of Mamen Harsinai, these three distinct lessons which merge together to become one, hopefully we'll be able to connect to those generations that came before us, to be able to preserve the Mesorah and its beauty and its entirety for the next generation. Thank <laughs> you.